Section 5 of Selections of the History of the Franks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Selections of the History of the Franks by Gregory of Tours. Translated by Ernest Brehot. Book 3, Chapters 15 to 37. 15. Theodoric and Childebert made a treaty, and swearing to each other that neither would attack the other, they took hostages from each other, in order that their agreement might be more secure. Many sons of senators were given as hostages on that occasion, but a quarrel arose later between the kings, and they were given over to servitude, and those who had taken them to guard now made slaves of them. Many of them, however, escaped by flight and returned to their native land, but a good many were kept in slavery. Among these was Adelus, nephew of the blessed Gregory, bishop of Langres, who became a slave and was appointed keeper of horses. He was in servitude to a certain barbarian in the territory of Treves. Now the blessed Gregory sent servants to inquire for him, who found him and offered presents to the man but he rejected them contemptuously saying this fellow belonging to such a family ought to be ransomed with ten pounds of gold and when they had returned a certain leo belonging to the kitchen of his master said i wish you would give me permission and perhaps i might be able to bring him back from captivity his master was glad of the offer and he went straight to the place and desired to carry the youth away secretly but could not then bargaining with a certain man he said come with me and sell me in the house of that barbarian and take the profit of my price only let me have a freer opportunity of doing what i have decided after taking an oath the man went and sold him for twelve gold pieces and departed the purchaser asked the new slave what work he could do and he answered i am very skilled in preparing all the things that ought to be eaten at the tables of masters and i am not afraid that my equal in skill can be found for i tell you that even if you desire to make ready a feast for the king i can prepare kingly viands and no one better than i and he said the day of the sun is near for thus the lord's day is usually named in the barbarian fashion on this day my neighbors and kinsmen shall be invited to my house i ask you to make me such a feast as to make them wonder and say we have not seen better in the king's palace and the other said let my master order a great number of fowls and i will do what you command accordingly the preparations which the slave had asked for were made and the lord's day dawned and he made a great feast full of delicacies and when all had feasted and praised the viands the master's kinsman went away the master thanked his slave and gave him authority over the food that he had ready for use and he loved him greatly and the slave used to serve food to all who were with his master after the space of a year when his master was now certain of him 
leo went out into a meadow that was near the house with the slave adelus the keeper of the horses and lying on the ground with him a long distance off with their back turned so they would not be recognized as together he said to the youth it is time that we ought to be thinking of our native place therefore i advise you not to allow yourself to go to sleep to-night when you bring the horses to be shut in but as soon as i call you come and let us undertake the journey now the barbarian had invited many of his kinsmen to a feast and among them was his son-in-law who had married his daughter and at midnight they rose from the banquet and retired to rest and leo attended his master's son-in-law to the place assigned and offered him drink the man said to him tell me if you can trusted servant of my father-in-law when will you decide to take his horses and go to your own country he said this in a joking way in the same way the other jokingly gave the truthful answer to-night i think if it is god's will and he said i hope my attendants will be on the guard that you will take nothing of mine they departed laughingly and when all were asleep leo called adelus and when the horses were saddled he asked him if he had a sword he answered i do not need one i have only a small lance but the other went into his master's house and took his shield and spear and when he asked who it was and what he wanted he answered i am leo your slave and i am waking adelus so that he may rise quickly and take the horses to pasture for he is sleeping as soundly as if he were drunk and he said do as you please and saying this he fell asleep the other went out of doors and armed the youth and found unbarred by divine help the gates of the yard which at night he had barred with wedges driven by a hammer to keep the horses safe thanking god he took the remaining horses and went off taking also a roll of garments they came to the river of moselle in order to cross it and being detained by certain persons they left their horses and clothes and swam over the river supported on a shield and climbing the further bank they hid themselves in the woods amid the darkness of the night the third night was come since they had been on their way without tasting food then by god's will they found a tree full of the fruit which is commonly called plums and ate and were strengthened somewhat and began the journey through champagne and as they hastened they heard the tramping of horses going at a great gate and they said let us throw ourselves on the ground so as not to be seen by the men who are coming and behold they suddenly came upon a great bramble bush and they passed behind and threw themselves on the ground with their swords unsheathed in order to defend themselves quickly from the wicked men if they should be noticed and when the others had come to the thorn bush they stopped and one of them said while their horses were making water woe is me that these accursed wretches are escaped and cannot be found but by my salvation if they are found i command one to be condemned to the gallows and the other to be cut to fragments by strokes of the sword 
now the barbarian who said this was their master who was coming from the city of rheims seeking for them and he would certainly have found them on the way if night had not prevented then starting their horses they went off the fugitives reached the city on this very night and going in they found a man of whom they made inquiries and he told them where the house of the priest palalus was and while they were passing through the square the bell was rung for matins for it was the lord's day and knocking at the priest's door they went in and leo told about his master and the priest said to him it was a true vision i had for last night i saw two doves fly toward me and settle on my hand and one of them was white and the other black and leo said to the priest may the lord be kind as the day is holy for we ask you to give us some food for the fourth day is dawning since we have tasted bread and meat he hid the slaves and gave them bread soaked in wine and went away to matins the barbarian followed them asking for the boys a second time but he was deceived by the priest and he went back for the priest had an old friendship with the blessed gregory then the youths after refreshing their strength with food and remaining two days in the home of the priest departed and thus they came to the holy gregory the bishop rejoiced at seeing them and wept on the neck of adelus his nephew he set leo free from the yoke of slavery with all his family and gave him land of his own on which he lived a free man with his wife and children all the days of his life sixteen sigivald duke of averna is miraculously punished for taking church property seventeen seven successive bishops of tours are mentioned one of them leo being a man of energy and skill in the building of wooden structures eighteen while queen clotilde was staying at paris childebert saw that his mother loved with special affection the sons of clodomer whom we have mentioned above and being envious and fearful that they would have a share in the kingdom through the favor of the queen he sent secretly to his brother king clothar saying our mother keeps our brother's sons with her and wishes them to be kings you must come swiftly to paris where we will take counsel together and discuss what ought to be done about them whether their hair shall be cut and they be treated like the rest of the common people or whether we shall kill them and divide our brothers kingdoms between ourselves equally and clothar was very glad at these words and came to paris now childebert had spread the report among the people that the kings were meeting for the purpose of raising the little ones to the throne and when they met they sent to the queen who was then dwelling in the city saying send the little ones to us that they may be raised to the throne and she rejoiced not knowing their treachery and giving the boys food and drink she sent them away saying i shall not think that i have lost my son if i see you occupy his place in the kingdom and they went and were seized at once and were separated from their servants and tutors 
and they were guarded separately in one place the servants in another these little ones then childebert and clothar sent arcadius whom we have mentioned before to the queen with a pair of scissors and a naked sword and coming he showed both to the queen and said most glorious queen your sons our masters ask your decision as to what you think ought to be done with the boys whether you give command for them to live with shorn hair or for both to be put to death she was terrified by the news and at the same time enraged especially when she saw the naked sword and the scissors and being overcome with bitterness and not knowing in her grief what she was saying she said imprudently it is better for me to see them dead rather than shorn if they are not raised to the kingship but he wondered little at her grief and did not think what she would say later in less haste but went swiftly taking the news and saying finish the task you have begun with the queen's favor for she wishes your design to be accomplished there was no delay clothar seized the older boy by the arm and dashed him to the earth and plunging his hunting knife into his side he killed him pitilessly and while the child was screaming his brother threw himself at childebert's feet and seized his knees and said help me kind father lest i perish like my brother then childebert his face covered with tears said dearest brother i ask you to grant his life to me in your generosity and let me pay for his life what you wish only let him not be killed but the other attacked him with abuse and said cast him from you or you shall surely die in his place it is you said he that are the guilty instigator of this matter do you so easily break faith childebert heeded this and cast the boy away from him to the other who seized him and plunged his knife into his side and slew him as he had his brother before then they killed the servants and the tutors when they were killed clothar mounted his horse and went off making a small matter of the killing of his nephews and childebert retired to the outskirts of the city and the queen placed their little bodies on a bier and followed them to the church of st peter with loud singing and unbounded grief and buried them side by side one was ten years old the other seven but the third clobald they were unable to seize since he was freed by the aid of brave men he gave up his earthly kingdom and passed to the lord's service and cutting his hair with his own hand he became a clerk busied with good works and as a priest passed from this life the two kings divided equally between them the kingdom of clodomar and queen clotilde showed herself such that she was honored by all she was always diligent in alms able to endure the whole night in watching unstained in chastity and uprightness with a generous and ready good will she bestowed estates on churches monasteries and holy places wherever she saw there was need 
so that she was believed to serve god diligently not as a queen but as his own handmaid and neither her royal sons nor worldly ambition nor wealth raised her up for destruction but her humility exalted her to grace nineteen there lived at that time in the city of langres the blessed gregory the great bishop of god renowned for his signs and miracles and since we have spoken of this bishop i think it not unpleasant to insert here in this place an account of the site of dijon where he was especially active it is a stronghold with very solid walls built in the midst of a plain a very pleasant place the lands rich and fruitful so that when the fields are ploughed once the grain is sown and a great wealth of produce comes in due season on the south it has the uka a river very rich in fish and on the north comes another little stream which runs in at the gate and flows under a bridge and again passes out by another gate flowing around the whole fortified place with its quiet waters and turning with wonderful speed the mills before the gate the four gates face the four regions of the universe and thirty-three towers adorn the whole structure and the wall is thirty feet high and fifteen feet thick built of squared stones up to twenty feet and above of small stone and why is it not called a city i do not know it has all around it abundant springs and on the west are hills very fertile and full of vineyards which produce for the inhabitants such a noble falernian that they disdain wine of alkaline the ancients say this place was built by the emperor aurelian twenty betrothal of theodoric's son theodobert to visigard twenty one the franks retake some of the cities taken by clovis from the goths twenty two theodobert falls in love with deoteria twenty three in those days theodoric killed his kinsman sigewald with the sword sending secretly to theodobert that he should slay sigewald's son sigewald whom he had with him but he was unwilling to destroy him because he had taken him from the sacred font but he gave him the letter to read which his father had sent saying flee from here because i have received my father's command to kill you and if he dies and you hear that i am reigning then return to me safely on hearing this sigewald thanked him said good-bye and departed now at that time the goths had taken possession of the city of arles from which theodobert still held hostages to it sigewald fled but he saw that he was not safe there and went to latium and remained hidden there while this was going on word was brought to theodobert that his father was seriously ill and that if he did not hasten swiftly to him so as to find him alive he would be excluded by his uncles and would never be allowed to return and he postponed everything on hearing this and hastened thither 
leaving Deatoria with her daughter at Claremont. And not many days after he had gone, Theodoric died in the twenty-third year of his reign, and Childebert and Clothar rose against Theodobert and wished to take the kingdom from him, but he was defended by his ludes after they had received gifts from him and was established in his kingdom. He sent later to Claremont and summoned Deatoria thence and married her. 24. Childebert saw that he was not able to prevail and sent an embassy to him and bade him come to him, saying, I have no sons. I wish to treat you as a son. And when he came, he bestowed such rich gifts upon him that all wondered, for he presented him with three pairs of all the articles of armor, vestments, and other equipments that it becomes a king to have, and likewise with horses and chains. Sigvald heard this, namely that Theodobert had received his father's kingdom and returned to him from Italy. And Theodobert rejoiced and kissed him, and bestowed on him a third part of the gifts which he had received from his uncle, and he gave orders that all that his father had seized of the property of Sigvald's father should be returned to him. 25 and he was established in his kingdom and showed himself great and distinguished by every goodness for he ruled his kingdom with justice respecting the bishops making gifts to the churches relieving the poor and doing kindnesses to many persons with a pious and generous heart he kindly remitted all the tribute which was payable to his treasury from the churches situated in Averna. 26. Now Deateria saw that her daughter was quite grown up, and was afraid that the king would desire to take her. She placed her in a litter to which wild oxen were yoked, and sent her headlong over a bridge, and she lost her life in the river. This happened in the city of Verdun. 27. As it was now the seventh year since Theodobert and Visgard had been betrothed, and he was unwilling to take her on account of Theateria, the Franks, when they met, were greatly scandalized at him, because he had abandoned his betrothed. Then he was alarmed, and abandoning Theatoria, by whom he had a little son named Theodobald, he married Visigard. And when she died not long after, he took another wife, but he did not have Deateria after that. 28. Childebert and Theodobert march against Clothar, but are turned back by a miraculous hailstorm sent by St. Martin. 29. Later King Childebert set out for Spain, and entering the country of Clothar, they surrounded the city of Saragossa with their army, and besieged it but the besieged turned to god in such humility that they put on haircloth abstained from food and drink and made the round of the walls of the city with psalm singing carrying the tunic of the blessed vincent the martyr and women too followed wailing 
clothed in black robes with their hair hanging loose and ashes upon it so that one would think they were attending the funerals of their husbands and to such a degree did that city place its whole hope in god's mercy that it was said they were celebrating the feast of the ninevites there and there was no idea of any other possibility than that the divine mercy might be won by prayers but the besiegers did not know what was going on and when they saw them go around the wall in such a way they supposed they were engaged in some sorcery then seizing one of the common people of the place they asked him what it was they were doing and he said they are carrying the blessed vincent's tunic and at the same time they are praying the lord to pity them and they were afraid at this and went away from the city however they acquired a very large part of spain and returned to the gauls with great spoils thirty after amalaric theoda was ordained king in the spains and when he was slain they raised theodigisel to the throne when he was dining with his friends and was very cheerful suddenly the lights were put out in the dining hall and he was slain by his enemies being thrust through with a sword after him agila became king for the ghosts had formed the detestable habit of attacking with the sword any one of their kings who did not please them and they would appoint as king any one who took their fancy thirty one theodoric of italy having married a sister of king clovis died and left his wife and a little daughter when this girl was grown because of her fickle temper she refused the counsel of her mother who was looking out for a king's son for her and took her slave named tragulanus and fled with him to a city where she hoped to defend herself and when her mother raged at her furiously and begged her not to disgrace further a noble family and said it was her duty to send the slave off and take one of equal rank with herself from a royal family whom her mother had provided she was by no means willing to agree to it then her mother still raging at her set an army in motion and they came upon them and killed tragalanus with the sword chastised the girl herself and took her to her mother's house now they belonged to the arian sect and as it is their custom that those going to the altar the kings receive one cup and the lesser people another she put poison in the cup from which her mother was going to receive the communion and she drank it and died forthwith there is no doubt that such harm is from the devil what shall the wretched heretics answer to this charge that the enemy dwells in their holy place but as for us who confess the trinity in one similar equality and omnipotence even if we should drink a deadly draught in the name of the father son and holy spirit the true and incorruptible god it would not do us any harm the italians were indignant at this woman and they invited theobiad king of Tuscia and made him king over them when he learned what the harlot had been guilty of how she had slain her mother on account of a slave whom she had taken 
he gave orders that a bath be raised to a great heat and that she be shut in the same with one maid and when she entered the hot vapours she fell at once on the pavement and died and was consumed and when the kings Childebert and clothar her cousins as well as theodobert learned of this namely that she had been put to death in so shameful a manner they sent an embassy to theobad blaming him for her death and saying if you do not make an arrangement with us for what you have done we will take your kingdom from you and condemn you to a like punishment then he was afraid and sent to them fifty thousand gold pieces and childebert being ever envious of king clothar and deceitful joined with theodobert his nephew and they divided the gold between them and refused to give any of it to king clothar but he made an attack upon the treasures of clodomar and took much more from them than that of which they had defrauded him thirty two theodobert went to italy and there made great gains but as those places according to report are full of diseases his army was attacked by various fevers and many of them died there seeing this theodobert returned from the country and brought much spoil himself and his men it is related that at that time he went as far as the city of pavia to which he again sent Bucellanus, and he captured lesser italy and brought it under the sway of the king who had been mentioned and attacked greater italy here he fought against belsorius many times and won the victory and when the emperor saw that belsorius was being beaten more frequently he removed him and put narses in his place and as a humiliation he made belsorius count of the stable a place he had held before but Basilinus fought great battles against Narsus. Capturing all Italy, he extended his boundaries to the sea, and he sent great treasures from Italy to Theodobert. When Narsus made this known to the emperor, the emperor hired nations and sent aid to Narsus, and in the battle later he was defeated. Then Basilinus seized sicily and exacting tribute from it he sent it to the king he enjoyed great prosperity in these matters thirty three feud between asteriolus and segundinus advisers of king theodobert thirty four desideratus bishop of verdun to whom king theodoric had done many wrongs was restored to liberty at the lord's command after many losses and reverses and griefs and received the office of bishop as we have said at the city of verdun and seeing its inhabitants very poor and destitute he grieved for them and since he was left without his own property because of theodoric and had nothing of his own with which to relieve them knowing the goodness and kindness to all of king theodobert he sent an embassy to him saying the fame of your goodness is spread over all the earth since your generosity is such that you give aid even to those who do not seek it i beg of your kindness that if you have any money 
that you lend it to us that we may be able to relieve our fellow citizens and when those in charge of business secure a return in our city such as the rest have we will repay your money with lawful interest then theodobert was stirred with pity and furnished seven thousand gold pieces which the bishop received and paid out among his fellow-citizens and they who were engaged in business were made rich through this and are considered great to the present day and when the bishop who has been just mentioned offered the money which was due to the king the king answered i have no need to take this it is enough for me if the poor who were suffering want have been relieved by your care because of your suggestion and my generosity and he whom we have mentioned made the citizens rich without demanding anything thirty five syagrius avenges wrongs done to his father by killing serivald thirty six after this king theodobert began to be sick and the physicians gave him much care but he did not get well because the lord was already bidding him to be summoned and so after a very long illness he died of his infirmity and as the franks hated parthenius intensely because he had subjected them to the tribute in the time of the king just mentioned they began to attack him he saw that he was in danger and fled from the city and humbly begged two bishops to conduct him to the city of treves and check the sedition of the frenzied people by their preaching while they were on their way he was lying on his bed at night and suddenly he made a loud cry in his sleep saying ho ho help you who are here and assist one who is perishing by this shouting those who were there were awakened and they asked him what the matter was he answered Asinius, my friend, and my wife Papianella, whom I slew long ago, were summoning me to judgment, saying, Come to defend yourself, since you are going to plead with us in the presence of the Lord. Now he had slain his innocent wife and his friend some years before, under the influence of jealousy. Accordingly, the bishops approached the city just mentioned, and since they could not calm the sedition among the rebellious people, they wished to hide him in the church, placing him in a chest and strewing above him vestments which were used in the church. The people came in and after searching every corner of the church went out in a rage when they found nothing. Then one said suspiciously, Behold, a chest in which our enemy has not been sought for. And when the guards said that there was nothing in it except that it contained furniture of the church, they demanded the key, saying, Unless you quickly unlock it, we will break it open ourselves. Finally the chest was unlocked, the linen cloths were removed, and they found him and dragged him out, rejoicing and saying, God has delivered our enemy into our hands. Then they struck him with their fists and spat on him, and tying his hands behind his back, they stoned him to death beside a column he was very voracious in eating and when he ate he digested speedily taking aloes in order to be made hungry soon again and so he perished meeting this kind of end
37. In that year the winter was a grievous one, and more severe than usual, so that the streams were held in the chains of frost, and furnished a path for the people like dry ground. Birds, too, were affected by the cold and hunger, and were caught in the hand without any snare when the snow was deep. Now from the death of Clovis to the death of Theodobert, there are reckoned thirty-seven years. When Theodobert died in the fourteenth year of his reign, Theodald, his son, reigned in his stead. Here ends the third book. End of section five.